Christmas is the season of goodwill, or so we thought. Conservative pockets of America would argue that Christmas is now a battleground where the Christian traditions of the holidays are under threat. It is, in the words of Fox News anchor Bill O'Reilly, a war on Christmas. So in this episode, we discuss what exactly is being fought, uh, will this war ever be won, and what even is the war on Christmas? Welcome to America, a history podcast. I'm Liam Heffernan, and every week we answer a different question to understand the people, the places, and the events that make the USA what it is today. To help me answer this question, who else but Dr. Emma Long, Associate Professor of American History and Politics and Head of the Department of American Studies at the University of East Anglia. Emma, welcome back. Hi, Liam. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. Um, and I know this is quite arbitrary because we're recording this before Christmas, but I'm going to ask because this is going out on Boxing Day. How was your Christmas? Uh, my Christmas was great. Thank you very much. I'm going to uh, presume that uh, all the plans that I've got to actually happen and everything comes off and I had a really lovely time. Thank you. I hope you did too and that everybody listening did as well. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I mean, we're not working. That's the main thing. Um, and people get to enjoy this lovely podcast on their Boxing Day, uh, which I'm not I'm not sure quite how, how much enjoyment they're going to get out of this subject. But uh, either way, we're going to dive into it. So, you, you approached me uh, a while ago and told me about this war on Christmas. Uh, what exactly is it? Uh, yeah, it seems strange, doesn't it? War on Christmas. Um, <laughs> if you follow American politics, your people will be aware of this because it sort of comes up every year. Ironically, it's been quieter this year, but pretty much every year there's this battle about the war on Christmas. Uh, it's it's often driven by Fox News um, and sort of by conservative commentators in the, the US. But it's sort of this, this idea that somehow Christmas in the United States is under threat, that it's being targeted by atheists and secularists and people who just don't like Christians and Christmas, right? And they point to things like shops saying, or people working in shops saying happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas or happy Christmas. Mm. Um, or uh, people might remember there was a big furor a few years ago over Starbucks cups that didn't have a Christmassy enough design for uh, around the, the holiday season for them. And you see things like um, debates over nativity scenes in public places and whether a Christmas tree can be called a Christmas tree or has to be called something else, whether you can sing carols. And the, the really funny thing about this is that if you search, if you do a term search for the war on Christmas, you find absolutely nothing before about 2004, just nothing turns up. You get all these random articles about Christmas, uh, which is kind of fun, but not what you're looking looking for. But in 2004, Bill O'Reilly, the, one of the um, the anchors on Fox, Fox News Channel, started running this uh, segment on his program called Christmas Under Siege. And he would highlight all of these things that we just just 
talked about and, and sort of spun this narrative that Christmas in the United States, this enormous juggernaut of a secular and religious holiday that just dominates in the same way that it, it does here for at least a month before the end of, of December, that it was somehow under threat from uh, from people. And then in 2005, another Fox News host, John Gibson, wrote a book called The War on Christmas. And if you read it, it is very much like diving into the American conservative worldview of, of things. It's a really interesting way of, of seeing the way that they interpret these things. And of course, Fox News promoted it and it became a big bestseller. And then the liberal media kind of responded to whether this really was a, a thing. And now every year it becomes a thing. There's a, clearly, you know, Christmas is clearly not under threat in the United States, right? In the same way that Christmas is not under threat in the UK. But there's a, the t there's a tendency, I think, because of that, for people to dismiss this battle about the war on Christmas, right? As about political posturing or ideological posturing or something that shouldn't be taken seriously. And actually, I think it's, it's a sign of a bigger debate that are going on in the United States right, about religion in public spaces and mm -hmm. the place of Christianity in a diversifying culture and those kinds of things. So actually, I tend to think it's actually, it's a much more important debate than some people think, even though you might look at some of the individual instances, like whether a public library can have a Christmas tree or whether mm -hmm. your local school can decorate the classrooms with red and green colours. You know, they might seem individually quite silly, but or perhaps an overreaction. But actually, it's a symptom of a much bigger debate in American politics. But I think Republicans kind of shoot themselves in the foot a bit because I think that uh, we're we're obviously a left leaning podcast. I don't think there's there's really been much secret about that. But I think it's safe to say that Republicans declare war on pretty much anything and everything that moves right um if it's not a war on christmas it's a war on something else um and you know desantis has been declaring war on disney um that's the latest one it's you know the war on woke the what everything you know if it's not republican they're at war with it so why should we take it seriously and and what is this really about yeah, I mean, the the language of war is important, actually, in and of itself, right? Because the the people who who claim the language of warfare are effectively trying to claim the higher ground and saying somebody's waging war on us. We're just defending our, ourselves. Um, we're under attack. And that's, if you like, that has been the Republican modus operandi for a really long time. And actually, if we're looking at Christmas specifically, it's very much been the the approach to culture wars issues by religious conservatives since the 1980s so it, it's not it's not new right you've got decades going on uh, going on here and that that language is um is important mm. um so yeah i i but i take your your point I, it, there's a, a risk that it just seems like the one of a whole range of things and this sort of the the use of this kind of language that you can can dismiss and on one hand yeah actually it it's it's less a war on christmas than a war about christmas 
mm. right? I think is probably the the way of of saying it. But there are a couple of bigger issues, right, underlying what's going on here that are part of much bigger debates in American politics and things that we've touched on in this podcast before, right, in in other issues. And one is the the place of religion in American public life. The U.S. doesn't have an established church, like, uh, you know, unlike many countries across Western Europe. But as we know, religion plays a big part in American political and, and social life. So you've got attention there. And although people talk about the separation of church and state in the US, that's not exactly what the wording is. And the, the wording is much more complicated. So the legal principles about the the place of religion in, in American politics is, has been a a very, very long debate. It's been to the Supreme Court in multiple forms. It plays out in Congress and at state level. Um, and so, of course, Christmas as a religious holiday is probably the dominant religious holiday in a country that has historically been dominated by Christians becomes a focal point for it. But it's not the only one that's been going on. I can point you to lots of similar debates that have been going on all sort of all year along. The second issue is really about inclusivity, I suppose, might be a way of of thinking about it. So the U.S. historically, like I said, has been dominated by Christians, specifically Protestant Christians. They have been the numerical majority for several centuries at this point point. Um, and of course, that, that means that they've they've shaped the way society is, the way government works and, and all of those kinds of, of things. And from the 1960s onwards with the civil rights movement and all the other rights movements that kind of came out of that, one of the things that they did sort of forced Americans to think more carefully about the place of minorities in a majority culture and the impact that some of those things could could have and to be more aware of it and you know we in modern liberal democracies we talk about tolerance and acceptance and and making people feel included and all the rest of it so there's a a real debate about in a in a country like the U.S. which is massively religiously diverse and increasingly religious religiously diverse what do you do about Christmas right because on one hand, it's a deeply religious holiday, right? It's it's fundamental to, to Christianity. Without it, you don't really have Christianity. It's sort of the starting point. But for many people, Christmas has become more of a secular holiday. So can you celebrate the secular without endorsing the religious? How do you find those that, that balance? And what does that mean for, for people whose faith or lack of faith means Christmas isn't a, a thing. So there, are, I, I think the reason that it's important, the deeper debates are because they're about those bigger, it's about those bigger issues, not necessarily because I think that we should go to war over a Christmas tree. Okay, I'm going to make a, a, a an assumption here, which is that the people who are most vocal about the religious uh, roots of Christmas being sort of taken away or lost or uh, watered down in any way at all are probably also the same people that take their kids to see Santa Claus that eat mince pies that enjoy a big turkey feast that watch Christmas TV 
and do all of these things that are really like completely separate from the fact that Christmas is a religious holiday. They embrace the the the, the commerciality of it as much as anyone else. So why does it matter? Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you can if you go to things like um, go to Trump's website, for example, Trump has spent several years since he got elected saying that he um, he managed to make it possible for Americans to say Happy Christmas again, as if somehow it wasn't possible before. Uh, you go to his website, they've got Christmas decorations, or you go to Fox News and they've got Christmas decorations, right? So they're, they're cashing in on, on this. And mm. equally, some of those who have been loudest in the these battles have ultimately combined sort of attacks on events that have, have dealt with secular aspects of Christmas, like Santa or Christmas trees or Christmas presents or reindeer or, or all of those kinds of things. They've sort of muddled those up with religious symbols like mm. a nativity scene, for example, or the singing of religious Christmas carols. So it, it doesn't in a way help their cause if part of what they're arguing and they often do is that the war on Christmas is an attack on Christians, an attack on Christianity. When they then start complaining about secular symbols, there's a risk that it undermines the the argument, right? Hmm. And to to think about this and to think about the what the real argument is, because yeah, I think you know there is there is probably an undermining there of the the real cause which probably is a concern around you know the the to an extent the freedom of expression the the the, the ability for for some christians to celebrate christmas in the way it was intended uh, and with that is that they, they maybe feel that when they go to the shops and they're not wished a merry christmas instead they're wished happy holidays uh, you know that they feel in some ways that their celebration is being undermined that when they you know take their children to school and and it's no longer the nativity play it's it's a more general inclusive you know holiday performance you know that they again feel that christmas is being undermined and it may not be a religious country you know officially but america is a very religious country and a lot of the social and cultural roots of america are based in christian ideology so is there an argument there to say that, well, actually, if if a school wants to put on a nativity play, they should be able to put on a nativity play? It's complicated, isn't it? Um, because there's that there is that sense that if something's always been done a particular way and suddenly you say, well, actually, you can't do that anymore. Does that make people feel like they're being left out? And one of the things that you hear a lot from the religious conservatives who are part of this is, well, my school, library, public space, whatever, celebrates, we, we you know, we, we celebrate Hanukkah, we celebrate Kwanzaa, we celebrate Diwali, we separate, you know, we celebrate all of these, these things. And, and why are we now restricting the celebration of Christmas? Right? Now, part of that is, because some of those making those arguments, not all, but some of them see access to rights as like a zero sum game, right? Mm. There's only so much to go around. And if you give some to somebody else, you lose some, which is not necessarily the way that everybody thinks about access to, to rights and freedom of expression. Right? Um, and it is kind of often uh, representative of, a, if you like, a Christian centric view of the world, which is 
we've always done it this way, but we've already always done it this way because Christians have dominated and not thought about religious minorities who don't celebrate Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. Suddenly we're just becoming more aware of those kinds of things. But there's a there's a bigger issue in the US about the meaning of the First Amendment. I know I always have a tendency to bring these things back to the US Constitution because <laughs> that's my my area of interest. But here it, it does become relevant. You know, the the US the First Amendment very clearly says that you know the the US doesn't have an established church and the the government can't make laws respecting an establishment of religion now put to one side the vagaries of that particular wording <laughs> and look at the specifics of the the way it's it's been interpreted and effectively it means or, or the way it's, the supreme court has has looked at that is to to say the the government which is what the constitution governs can't can't favour one religion over another and can't sort of favour religion over non-religion. So how do you find a balance for, you know, when you suddenly realise, well, yeah, okay, Christmas, what the celebration of Christmas wasn't problematic in the past because everybody just assumed that the people who didn't celebrate Christmas actually weren't that important in the grand scheme of the way that society was set up. And now we recognise actually that minority groups are important and we do need to include them what mm. do we do about christmas um and how do we recognize again the secular well, not we the us how how does the us recognize the secular aspects of that holiday which it can legitimately do legally without seemingly endorsing the religious ones mm. and the supreme court has not really helped on this, there's a series of, of cases that are just just get a little bit confusing along the the way that don't sort of clearly say yes you can do this no you can't. Um, the the most famous one is uh, a case from the the early 1980s called Lynch versus Donnelly, uh, which is often referred to as the plastic reindeer rule, <laughs> um, and um, it came about because. Um, the city of, of Portucca in, in Rhode Island had um, an had a Christmas display like on a public park, so owned by the, the government. And it had a Santa house and reindeer and Christmas presents and season's greetings, but it also had a nativity scene. Um, and there was a challenge to, to that. and said, well, the government can't sponsor a nativity scene because that's religious. Everything else is fine, but you can't put a nativity scene there because that's fundamental to Christianity and the Supreme Court rather than saying yes you can or no you can't basically came back and said well, it sort of depends on the circumstances <laughs> um, in that because it wasn't a religious symbol in and of itself uh, because it was there with secular elements of the the holiday season they sort of said well you know the, the government's just recognizing that that Christianity is part of a bigger celebration so it's okay so of course critics of it came to to say well it, you you can have a religious symbol so long as you've got plastic reindeer next door to it <laughs> but of course it, it's not much of a guide for for people about whether where you draw the line between what's what's legal and what's not and also yeah. there's a difference between legality and how people feel about it you know if if your yeah. local city has always displayed a nativity scene and someone says you can't do that then you probably are going to feel aggrieved but at the same time you may have a significant population of your town who's 
who've always been a bit upset by that but didn't feel like yeah. they could speak out about it so yeah. you know people feel often feel strongly but I, I think you know this is what it comes down to it's not really a legal issue because as you've kind of just demonstrated people have the right to celebrate Christmas in whatever way they feel they want to celebrate it I think it's more it's more of a social issue I think I, I wonder how much of this as well sort of ties into this kind of Islamophobia uh, that, that that cropped up after you know uh, 9-11 and this sort of this this fear of like outside cultural and and religious influence because you said you know Bill O'Reilly really coined this in 2004 which is at the height of that that yeah. sort of paranoia and I, I feel like Republicans especially almost see this is a bit of a game of like top trumps in that you know as you sort of alluded to you know the more cards someone else have the less cards you have and you know the goal is to kind of you know cancel it all together and you know have all the cards um which is a terrible analogy but hopefully you know what i'm getting at um and and i i do think that you know when you said that you know a quality in you know religion uh when you were you know explaining that far more eloquently a few minutes ago I think that when when all of this was kind of created and the infrastructure for America was, was sort of founded, I think that equality only really existed in religion so far as, you know, one denomination of Christianity to the other, <laughs> rather than, you know, to non-Christian, non-Catholic religions. And I mean, that's purely my opinion. But I, I do think that this whole war on Christmas kind of stems from this sort of deep-rooted Islamophobia. I suspect there's there's some of that there. And I mean, if you look at some of the bigger battles that some of the groups who are most vocal in the the sort of the idea of the war on Christmas, you know, if you look at some of the other battles that they're they're fighting in other areas of, of American life, that would support some of, of that. That sense that, you know, Christians are and particularly Protestant Christians, we should be clear about this sort of his, at least historically um, massive tensions in the US between Protestants and Catholics that um, ha- have become sort of subsumed in in recent years but we should probably note is actually relatively new in in American history um, but um, you know that that idea somehow that, that they are they're losing out they're being displaced by all these other people define other as you you will mm. um is you know it, it's definitely part of the that rhetoric i wouldn't say it's the the position of everybody who's who's involved in that but i don't mm. think you can ignore the fact that it's very much part of that argument and it, it fits into bigger debates about you know christian nationalism and you know is america a christian nation and what that means for for people and you know, you also have to remember, you know, your point just then about it's there's it's it's not so much a legal debate as a social one. You know, many conservative religious people and, and secular conservatives actually would argue that you know there should be more religion in public spaces. Right, America historically is a Christian nation. Would would be their argument and. You know that that America is only effective and strong when it's guided by religious principles, and those who oppose that tend to are not anti-religion 
in most cases. Right? There are people who say, no, faith, you know, faith is important. It's a big part of society. This group includes a lot of um, liberal religious groups. Um, but their position tends to be that religion is a, matter, is a private matter that it's it's not for the government or for public spaces to get involved in it but religion is between you and your 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 deity or however that that's mm. defined or you know what you do in your private private spaces um you know that no matter what the courts say about the constitution um you know it doesn't stop you as an individual celebrating christmas or not celebrating Christmas in your yeah. house, however you, you want to, or with your friends. And Happy Holidays is a recognition of the fact that people are doing lots of different things yeah. at this time of, of year um, and might just be enjoying the fact that you might get some time off work, right? I So I guess, you know, I, I, I have a question here in that, we've i think we've naturally gravitated towards this kind of the conversations around religion in america um and there's definitely a lot to unpack there that will probably fill a few more podcast episodes in the future as well but is this really when you look at how this is this sort of war on christmas is being leveraged by republicans and in kind of political discourse um and you mentioned the trump campaign as well how they're sort of uh, tagging on to this is it is it uh, is it being spun into a threat against Americanism and what it is to celebrate Christmas in America and to to be an American at Christmas? Yeah, I think for some people it really is that because they see the United States and Americanism so deeply connected up with, if not Christianity, then at least what often gets referred to as the Judeo-Christian tradition, which of course is a term that comes out of the Cold War era, which is where a lot of the roots of some of this this lie from the, the 1940s and 1950s and, and 1960s. So yes, I, I, I agree. I think that there are, for some, and you know, this is a large group of people, so maybe trying, I'm trying really hard not to generalize about everybody, right? Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think for, for a, a significant group, it's it's absolutely that. They see the United States in a particular way. And Christmas is just one symbol of what they see as the loss of quote unquote traditional America. I mean, it's it's sort of a part of um, Trump's make, make America Great Again rhetoric, right? For, for some, America was great when it was unquestionably Christian. So there, there's definitely some of that going on here um, within those who are are trying to fight these battles. And I think also you you made a really good point about sort of the leveraging of it for political gain, right? I think there are some people within this group who genuinely would argue argue it from a a faith position, right? Who who feel like they're their faith is under threat whether you or I would would see it that way they feel like that's the case and then there are well then there's Fox News right? <laughs> people like them and and some within the Republican Party who have absolutely leveraged this issue to make bigger political points about everything from budget decisions to LGBTQ plus rights 
Right. So there's definitely a, a weaponization of religion, which is definitely a bigger debate than we've got time for right now. But that kind of, yeah, taking that on to use it as a headline mm. to make a bigger point about the United States and the way society is changing. There's definitely elements of that that we see in a whole range of, of issues. Yeah. And you, if there's one thing you can't fault Fox News for, it's knowing how to create a good headline, right? Well, absolutely. I mean, think about it. The war on Christmas. Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, polls consistently say that even for people who don't celebrate Christmas as a, a religious holiday or don't celebrate it at all um, in the United States, they have absolutely no problem with Christmas in the way that it's celebrated in the in the, the US. Some people yeah. sort of say, well, occasionally, it, you know, it makes me feel a bit isolated. But most people are kind of like, they've always celebrated Christmas here. It's part of the it's part of the landscape. We don't have a problem with it. All, all we'd like is, you know, people to recognize that we're here, too. Mm. So there isn't, it, it's not like this kind of secretive shadowy cabal of you know, non-christians and atheists and secularists and and heaven forbid communists right um coming to together to to marshal an attack on on the the celebration of a christian holiday but if you use the rhetoric of it it immediately creates a sort of us and them situation yeah um and it creates a situation where it seems like that's happening. I mean, read if you read John Gibson's book, um, there are times when, I mean, certainly for me, I looked at it and it's like, I'm through the looking glass here. <laughs> it's like, how on earth would you say that that is an attack on Christianity? Maybe it's mm. someone being perhaps a little bit oversensitive. Mm. But yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting read from that point of view and, and definitely not one i i sort of subscribe to yeah i i do think that there is an element of anything that kind of contradicts republican viewpoints is kind of weaponized um and turned into a war on something and and i do think that that can you know unfairly reflect on the majority of religious americans who who are quite ambivalent and are actually very um, open about accepting other cultures and viewpoints and religions into into America. Uh, again, it it comes down to the minority really spoiling it for the majority, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a very loud but not very large uh, minority of of people who are talking about the the war on Christmas. Mm. And yeah, I think there are a lot of people who would identify themselves as even as, as sort of evangelical Christians who are and conservative Catholics who have been the most vocal on this, who would say they don't subscribe to it either. Um, and certainly liberals, you know, you talk to, to sort of liberals, secular or, or religious, and they're like, it's a big fuss over nothing. But I think, I think there's a danger in, in dismissing it quite that way just as there's a danger of taking it too seriously mm. so yeah it, 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 it I think one of the reasons I'm absolutely fascinated by this when it comes up every year is just that it's so symptomatic of so many other things mm. in U.S. politics and, and social and cultural life that it just 
it just becomes writ large this time of, of year in a way that because people feel quite strongly about Christmas, sort of the emotionalism, I guess, of it mm. um, tends to heighten people's sentiment about it. Yeah, and and I think as well we we do tend you know as 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 a world to kind of hold up America as a bit of an example of where kind of religion and politics can can intersect for the wrong reasons. Uh, it, but is 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 America as unique a case study as we? we like to think because as as brits we're sitting here and sort of thinking well they're a bit of a laughing stock aren't they over there you know and we 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 do kind of deride them a bit for that but are we just as bad (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know i may not be the person to to ask particularly about about that Uh, i mean you know i celebrate I, i love christmas holidays one of the few times that actually my family manages to to get together but i can't remember the i can't remember the last time it had any religious element to it for it to it for us um so i may not be the person to to best judge but i mean i, th- I think some of the politics are very specific to the united states but i think some of the the issues around sort of diversity and inclusivity actually are not explicit to the us so the U- mm. the uk's had its own debates over the the years i mean the the one that that gets trotted out quite regularly both here and, and internationally is um ah crikey so in the late 1990s i think in in or near birmingham which is why i'm aware of it because i grew up not that far from there they had this sort of winterfell festival hmm. And it often gets trotted out as, look, look at this, is an attack on Christmas. They couldn't have a Christmas market or a Christmas display. They had this Winterfell thing. It was like it ran for one year and they also had a Christmas display. And, you know, it's never happened again since, but it gets trotted out every year. And then mm. I think last year, 2022, um, there was a bit of a local controversy around Loughborough where a, a group rewrote the lyrics to I think God rest you merry gentlemen um to be more gender inclusive um which caused a minor ruckus um <laughs> maybe so minor that I'm the only person who knows about it and you know other other countries have similar things I mean Canada has seen some debates about the the public celebration of Christmas and whether mm. you can have Christmas trees or whether you can sing religious Christmas carols at public events, not private ones, but but public ones. Australia has seen some similar debates. And while they don't have the legal issues that the US has and they don't have the specifics of the Republican Party, for example, in the US, they do have sort of some of the same issues, which is that, that question of an increasingly diverse, religiously diverse society mm-hmm. in countries that historically have been Christian dominated and a, an increasing awareness of the need to be inclusive and how you do that properly. So, yes, the, the US does it bigger and louder every year, pretty much every year, but they're not alone in having these discussions and, and some of these clashes. Um, and I, I don't think they, I, I think those things will continue to, to come up where these discussions happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess finally, America loved to, to say that they've never lost a war, but they're, they're very proud of their military record. Um, are they going to win the war on Christmas? 
I don't think it. I I, I think it's gonna. I, I don't think it's a war that can be won. Let's uh, let's let's put it that way. <laughs> Although, if you look, I, I think if you look at the um, the the amount of money that people spend on Christmas every year, and the de- decorations that people put up, and the Hallmark movies, and the Christmas TV episodes, and, and all the rest. Of it, you might suggest that the war's already been won. Christmas isn't going anywhere, right? In whatever form you choose to celebrate it or try to ignore it. In the United States, Christmas is is not going anywhere. So maybe we should just say that it's Christmas has won. This episode of America A History Podcast was produced, edited, and hosted by me, Liam Heffernan. A special thanks to my guest this week, as always, Dr. Emma Long, for her fantastic contributions. And if you want to find out more, do get in touch. Email us, hello at podcastsbyliam.com. And lots of work goes into making this show, so if you can leave us a rating and a review, uh, wherever you're listening to this, that would be amazing. Next time, I'm joined by author and Disney expert Janet Wasco as we take a closer look at the inner workings of the Mouse House to understand why does everyone love Disney? Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revelhorwood, Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.